Well, I just have a quick question. Did you score on your kid when he said, uh, try to score on me? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't, you can't, no, you can't take it easy. Like, it's, uh, so his game that he was playing was like, we've got to get it between his legs. I got, he got to get it behind, between my legs. So obviously my legs are bigger than his. And I'm still not going to let him score. Like, come on, this is, you got to learn early. You're just kicking the ball as hard as you can towards him. Yes. <laughs> no, no, not, not that bad, not that bad. <laughs> It's Dad's Night. Welcome back to another episode of Dad's Night Presents Time Out with Omar and Samer. Here with me again is my co-host Omar, and tonight we have our first international guest joining us from Canada after having a few pints of Canadian maple syrup with the boys. Before getting into it, Omar, how are you feeling tonight? I feel great. It's another Dad's Night. Uh, we've got a very special guest once again, Panos Kalamis. Uh, I grew up with Panos. Actually, Panos's younger brother is one of my best friends. So I just want to say, uh, before we get started, Panos, uh, I am so sorry that you had to share a room with Anthony uh, when you were younger. I'm sure there's some <laughs> lingering trauma. Uh, whatever I can do to help, if you need somebody to talk to, just let me know, all right? I appreciate that. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Panos. Um, how are you doing tonight? How are you feeling? Feeling good. Um, it's a constant stream of tiredness with excitement. Um, so that's kind of how it is, right? Every day is the same. I don't know if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't think I know what, what day of the week it is either. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Monday. <laughs> it's all a blur at this point. <laughs> it's, it's dad's night. That's, that's what they- <laughs> It's dad's night. That's for damn sure. <laughs> there we go. So Panos, what were you up to before this? So let's bring the kids to bed, basically the same routine every night. Uh, try to start at 8 o'clock, but, you know, they delay. They have their own tactics. They know how to play the game. So they were up there probably 8.30. We got done with bedtime, 9.15, and then headed downstairs. They know how to play the game, huh? They're, yeah, they're, they're hip to it. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Panos, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, you know, where'd you grow up? Uh, are you married? How many kids do you have? What are their ages? Whatever else you want to tell us. Sure. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Saudi Arabia, out of all places, uh, kind of in a bubble. Uh, it's like taking a town in Phoenix or in Arizona, putting a big fence around it. That's where I grew up, a place called Daran. It's basically run by an oil company. Uh, there are four other communities, but I grew up there from age two and a half, three till I left for boarding school. So I was actually born in Edmonton, out of all places. My parents were doing their post-grad work, and I think I might have been a mistake, maybe not, but who knows. But basically, we were born in Edmonton, spent a year there, went down to Texas, back to Calgary, and then ended up in Saudi Arabia. So in Saudi Arabia, I was there till age 15, then went off to boarding school in Massachusetts. Um, you know, obviously had to be co-ed. And then I thought I was going to go into an Ivy League school, but that didn't work out. So I ended up using my Canadian passport, I went to school at University of Toronto, uh, did a double major in econ and international relations, started working, um, then did my MBA at a school called Thunderbird, not a school for superheroes, but a school for international finance. I uh, did some internships in Dubai, a, uh, kind of a semester abroad in China, traveled the world, and then moved to Toronto full-time basically in 2010, and have been there settled ever since. So that's kind of my backbone. Originally, Greek, the name kind of gives it away. Uh, spent my summers there, obviously. have a younger brother, as you all know. Uh, he's an animal, but that's a different story for a different podcast. I've got two kids, 
So I got Orion, who's uh, just turned five, and Xander, who's three and a half. Married for the last six and a half years with my wife, Candice. Uh, we met probably about 10, 11 years ago. We've been married, as I said, six years. Again, based out of Toronto. I, I love those names. A couple of Greek gods over there. <laughs> <laughs> Not super Greek, but enough Greek that you know where they came from. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I think that has been the best tell us about yourself that we've had on the show. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> that was very comprehensive. And, and you are also now the most interesting man. Uh, ever been on. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, man, when you started talking about all the different places you've been, I was like, uh, wait, what, can we just, can someone write this down? Where, who's keeping track of all these places? <laughs> Yeah, I've been lucky. I mean, growing up where I grew up kind of allowed that opportunity to travel and experience different things. I mean, and Omar, you know, we grew up in a place where you were friends with every nationality, every race, every yeah. type of person, and it kind of allowed you to, to be what they say a citizen of the world. I know it sounds super cheesy, but it actually matters at the end of the day, like being able to communicate with different people helps. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that's something that I I'm also like you said. You know, you're you're very blessed, and that's something that I'm also very grateful for. Uh, just being able to to be exposed to different kinds of cultures. I mean, it really kind of makes you feel like you can be a chameleon uh, in different kinds of situations and around different kinds of people. So, uh, yeah, no, that that was that was very cool. And you know, uh, also like you said, your brother Anthony, he is an animal, and he will need. Uh, his own, uh, his own podcast. I don't know if it, it, he's going to be appropriate for dad's night. At least I don't, at least I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you know something I don't tell me panels, please. But he, he's actually would be a phenomenal uncle tonight. Like he is a phenomenal uncle. So like, if there's ever that podcast comes through, like he would be number one on that. Yeah, for sure. He is a great uncle. He, hey. you, he talks up the boys all the time. That's for sure. Yeah, and I'll take I'll, you know I won't take offense because I, I find myself as a great uncle myself. So I'm I'm just saying let's let's not get into that war, okay? Yeah, yeah all right. We don't need the uncle beef on this show. Right? Yeah, uncle beef starting on dad's night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um, so you you touched on a lot of different things, and I think where we wanted to start uh, was really around sports, right? Sports is your main, like a big background and a big thing in your family. I understand uh, you're a big Ike Athens fan, uh, so kind of tell us, Absolutely. tell us a little bit about like how it's engraved in the family based on what I've heard from Omar. Yeah, I mean, like sports in Greece, especially, it's really soccer or football. So it's, you're given a color in essence. So our color was yellow and black. Um, there is probably three other teams that are big in, in Greece. There's the red team, Olympiakos. There's the green team, Panathiakos. And there's the black team, Pauk. And we were yellow, AEK. And that was passed on, you know, as soon as you come out of the womb, you're like, this is who you are. It's part of your heritage. This is what you will. And you can't deviate. Like if you deviate, you're kind of out of the family. Um, so that kind of gets passed down to uh, the kids here. I mean, like, they have become AK fans. They've got the jerseys. They've got shirts that say, you know, half dad, half mom, 100% Ike. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Would I love them to go and play professional soccer? Absolutely. Anyone wants to go play professional soccer. And as soon as you have boys or girls, it doesn't really matter. You want them to go be professionals because you want to go, you want them to go live the dream that you never had, right? Like, mm. if they can go make it happen, sure. But at the same time, like, just have fun. 
I think, you know, you become a fan of sports and it becomes so passionate for a part of your life. And then you kind of maybe mature, maybe not. That passion goes to your family and to your kids. And that's kind of what's happened. Like, I'm still a big fan, absolutely. But I'm not living and dying with every kick of the ball. They don't know who I am. I mean, I know who they are. They don't know who I am. But still, like, there's the passion there for sure. And it, and it instills a, sort of like a competitive nature as well, right? You know, kind of being dedicated to, uh, to something like that. Uh, is that something that you see? I mean, are, your, are, are the boys, first of all, are they playing soccer? I, what kind of, what do you have them? Do you have them kind of dabble? Yeah, yeah. Or is it just soccer and you, no, no, were, no, no, uh, no. you were a goalkeeper uh, growing up, as I recall. So. I was. So do we, do we got little baby uh, goalkeeper gloves for them already or what's going on over there? <laughs> well, I mean, the best way to learn is without the gloves, right? You got to feel the ball. You got to, you got to embrace the ball. So let's start there. But they, they play everything, right? Like they're, they're basketball. We've got soccer. We got golf. We got tennis, rackets, anything with the ball. They're both involved in running around. So yesterday was a fantastic day in Toronto. It was like 24 degrees. So maybe mid high seventies, uh, um, early 80s for you guys in the U.S. But basically, they were just kicking the ball. And Orion, who's the oldest, he's um, five. He wanted to play goalie, right? He's like, try to score, Dad. Try to score. So, I mean, maybe it's in the genes. Maybe it's just passed down. I put no pressure on them. Uh, they can play whatever sport they want to play. I never, like as a Canadian, I didn't play hockey. I don't know how to skate. So, maybe they're not going to go down that path. Um, but this summer, actually, was going to be the first summer where I was going to coach both boys. So I was going to be the coach and they're going to play on the same team. It's just kind of a intramural house league for junior kindergarten preschool. And it was going to be a blast, but with kind of the situation here, we don't know if that's going to happen, but they're signed up to play August till basically November. Mm. Nice. Uh, so are you going to, of course the Jersey has to be yellow. <laughs> yeah, black, black and yellow. Yep. That's, those are the colors. Those are the family colors. <laughs> are you, uh, you going to reach out to your dad for any coaching tips? Because uh, as I recall, uh, Panos Sr. was a soccer coach at one point as well. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, so my dad uh, definitely coached me all the way through until probably around grade seven. My brother totally did not have, did not have with my dad. They did not mesh from a coaching <laughs> perspective. Like I could take my dad's stuff, absolutely, but my brother definitely no chance. So uh, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, I think when you're the coach, you want, you put a lot of pressure on your, on your kid to do well. And then you don't maybe recognize it as much. So I always joke around my dad. I'm like, dad, you never put me into like an all-star team, a select team. So I still give him shit now because I have to, of course I'd reach out to him. He's already come out and seen Orion play last year. And you know, there he's, he's good. I mean, it was great to have him there for sure. Yeah. Let's just hope he doesn't start any uh, fights with the other grandparents on the pit. <laughs> That might happen. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, I just have a quick question. Did you score on your kid when he said, uh, try to score on me? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't, you can't, no, you can't take it easy. Like it's, uh, so his game that he was playing, is like, we've got to get it between his legs. And I got, he got to get it between my legs. So obviously my legs are bigger than his, but I'm still not going to let him score. Like, come on, this is, we got to learn early. You're just kicking the ball as hard as you can towards him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not not that bad, not that bad. <laughs> that's that's so awesome, and it's it's such a cool thing to grow up in like a competitive household, especially around sports. Um, you know, your kids being very close in age, are they already like competing against each other? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a nightly race to see who can get up to um, the bath first. 
Like, I mean, they're racing about everything. So the little guy, Xander, he's a little bit more stout, a little bit stockier. He's going to beat the shit out of Orion. Like, that's just, just kind of how it works. So Ryan's a little bit more passive, but he's a little bit more intellectually. He knows how to kind of play the game. So they both have their advantages. They both get on each other's nerves. But at the end of the day, they're having fun. They love each other. And that's all that matters. It's, it's cool hearing you recognize those things. Uh, like the different, you know, characteristics and the differences in personality, even at such a young age. Uh, oh, and- you, you will know that within like the first week of having a kid. You'll start rec- like no one told me anything about having a kid or anything like that. And I didn't really go seek out advice because you're not going to take anyone's advice. You just got to experience it yourself. And it's, it's different. You definitely will see changes between the two kids right away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so panels, I want to shift gears a little bit here. Um, you know, both the, both the boys are, are at home, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that's a huge shift for you as it is for everybody else, uh, having them, you know, at, at home full time. So with the schools closed, how has the, being our first Canadian guest, how has the Canadian school system, um, been able to adjust to distance learning or have you kind of had to pick up the slack as well a little bit when it comes to that? What's been your experience so far? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. So um, we were lucky enough to go on vacation right before kind of everything shut down. So we were able to take a little family vacation. And when we got back, it was March break. So in, in Canada, March break is typically earlier or spring break. So it was in March. And then basically after that, the schools just shut down and they've been shut down since. So um, Orion is in junior kindergarten and Xander is still in preschool. So preschool and junior kindergarten are both two separate areas, but still within five minutes of the house. My wife works from home and I, I travel quite a bit for my job. So we've both been now stationed at home. So what we try to do is divide as best we can with our respective jobs kind of the day. So whether Candace is working the mornings and I'm working the afternoons or even the evenings, there are some things that we get sent by the schools to do with each of the kids. So Orion's teachers, it's a kindergarten teacher and then kind of an assistant. I don't know what the exact term is, but they will send us a math thing for every day, a STEM thing for every day, a language thing, and then kind of a self-enrichment learning. Um, And basically we try to get through as many of that as we can. We then post kind of the worksheets or the videos or the pictures I take onto a Google share drive and the teacher will make comments. They've also started this last week doing um, group Zoom meetings. So it's hard, though, to get like 25-year-olds on a Zoom to even talk to each other without, <laughs> That's, you know, That sounds like a terrible. <laughs> yeah, so they basically have five or six of them at a time. Um, and, so, and actually, on Wednesday, he's going to bring his favorite stuffy to a junior kindergarten Zoom meeting. So they've been keeping in touch. We get um, weekly updates from the school, basically weekly updates from the school board. Um, they've been really good about this is our process. You know, in, in, in naturally, Canadians are more conservative than Americans. They're more risk averse in the sense that they're not going to open everything up as quickly as our neighbors to the south. So they're going to make sure every kind of line is crossed, like every, you know, everything is kosher before they actually take the next step in terms of opening up the school. So I personally, I don't think they're going to open up in Canada till July, if then, and then you're looking at summer break. So we still got another two months of this. Yeah. That, yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, and it's crazy how fast everything has adjusted, um, especially yes. with kids being so like young and imagine jumping on a, 
a Zoom call when you were five years old to like do work. Like <laughs> that idea just, I, I can't comprehend. Um, have you received any homework for them or the work and you've said like, wait, what the, what the hell is this? Like what, what kind of, I don't know French, I don't know whatever, whatever languages they're sending. Uh, have you received yeah. anything like that? I mean, there's a lot of stuff like, hey, um, watch this video and then we'll report back on this book. But some of the stuff has been like, use your recycling stuff to build the tallest structure you can. So like in my living room, we've got these things made out of toilet paper rolls and aluminum paper, like aluminum paper. It just, it just becomes a mess. It's basically we're digging through garbage to build something for school. And I'm like, this is a waste of time. Like here's some Legos, let's do it that way instead. So there has been some stuff where I'm like, this is unnecessary teacher A and B. Like let's move on to do something else. <laughs> that's that's so I do a, a hard pass. <laughs> that's, that's funny because, uh, you know, we, so Panos, we actually, um, interviewed a, a teacher the other week, uh, and um, you know it, it was cool hearing it from the teacher's perspective and and how they're adjusting. Um, but I, I think it's especially important to hear from parents who uh, have to you know like I mentioned before, sort of fill in the gap. It's like okay, this is cool what your teacher said, but you know let's also maybe try some Legos on the side, <laughs> and maybe you'll like that a little better than the than the toilet paper yeah. building. But what's been nice though, I would say is that they've been open to feedback. So it's been pretty, like the first week we got the assignments, I was like, oh my God, like there's no way I would do this if I was in the master's program. Like this is way too aggressive. So they've toned it down tremendously. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I bet that fifth grade homework would be a challenge for Samer too, so. <laughs> Definitely not easy. If you watch that, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grade show, those are not fifth grade questions. I, I'm pretty sure I've played that game and failed half the questions, so. Yeah, not, not surprised to be honest. Um, <laughs> but before moving on to our next section, our next questions, um, really around the education. So Panos, you talked about going to boarding school at 15. Um, is that yeah. something that you would consider for your kids in the future? Um, just based on, you know, knowing a little bit about you and how well-spoken you are, it seems like you did pretty okay. So is that something that you would want to consider for your kids? I clearly am, am fooling you guys tremendously, so that's, that's a good first step. <laughs> um, I, I would say that I would open every possibility that my kids want to explore. So if they said, hey, Dad, where'd you go to school for high school? Obviously, I didn't go to a high school you know, down the street. I went to a high school 15 hours away, right, by plane. So I would tell them that, hey, this is what I want to do. These were the, the pros. These were the cons. Let's discuss it. Um, would I actively push them in that direction? I don't think so. I think it was just the unique situation of growing up in, in Saudi Arabia and the opportunities that were afforded me. But absolutely, if they said, hey, you know, I want to go there, I want to go to Deerfield, why not? Like, it's a fantastic school, gave me a lot of opportunities, a lot of people that network with. I think what it allowed you to do, and, and Omar, you, you can talk to this too, is, you know, we, we got to experience college a little bit earlier without the women and the drinks and the drugs, right? So it was basically like, I mean, who knows? It might have been, but the point was we got away from home earlier. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think, and and I think also, kind of speaking to you know how earlier how you were, you know, identifying the differences in your kids' personalities. I think that's also an important factor, uh, you know, to take into consideration when you're thinking about things like should I send them, you know, somewhere far away, or maybe yeah. this kid 
you know, maybe it's he's more likely to, you know, go off the chains a little <laughs> bit. So maybe we should keep him closer to home kind of thing. I, I, you know, I, I've, I've heard that quite a bit. Cause like you said, you know, where we grew up, everybody kind of went off to uh, boarding schools yeah. um, in different countries. So, <clears throat> you know, some people fared better than others. Uh, so Absolutely. you never know, but I, but I love that sentiment though. You know, it's kind of up to the kids. I, I think it's really cool uh, how you plan on approaching that conversation. For sure. Um, yeah, and actually one, before, one more question before moving on uh, to the next segment, uh, just because I, I'm kind of, I, again, I don't really know you, Panos, but I'm really enjoying this conversation. Uh, but you <laughs> talked about <laughs> having a few degrees as well. Um, and on our yeah. last few episodes, we talked about kind of pushing children, potentially pushing children one way or another. And some dads were like, I want them to do this because I know financially they'll be good or I don't care what they do as long as they're stable and, um, you know, they can fend for themselves. Is this something that you've kind of thought of, uh, you know, kids being so young at this point, is this something that you've thought about early on? Like, Hey, no matter what, I want to make sure they get a good education or is it, Hey, if they want to go to trade school, they can do that instead. Just depends. Um, you know, I, I think I can only speak from my experience growing up, right? So my parents always pushed a, a strong education on me. And I don't think they ever pushed me down a profession. Like my dad's a scientist. Like there was no way I was getting into science. Like that, that wasn't <laughs> happening. And I actually ended up studying to be an international banker. Like I was down the finance path for sure. And now I ended up working in technology. So things pivot, but I think there needs to be a backbone of an education because my wife and I both agree, and she's got multiple more degrees than I do, is, you know, education is important. So whether it's you're doing a law degree, a medical degree, an arts and science, economics, I think it's not only, it teaches you how to learn, how to think, how to communicate, but who you meet, who you interact with, all those factors play a role in shaping you and the ability to communicate with someone when you go into the workforce. You can learn anything right? You can learn how to sell. You can learn how to make something. You, but how you think about things and how you express those opinions, that's what makes you different when you go into the workforce. And I think you have to learn that through, you know, being with like-minded people, being with people who aren't like-minded, like having different experiences. So if school allows you to have those different experiences, push it, go for it. I will never tell my kid to go into a, a specific profession or field. My parents never did that but I would encourage education for sure. Well said. It's probably yeah. a long-winded answer. No, that's that's a damn good answer. <laughs> that's awesome. No, it, it, because it's it's a very cool to see the different perspectives from different dads, different backgrounds. Oh, yeah. I mean, for the most part, people are saying, yes, get an education. But in most cases, they're like, I don't care what my kid does as long as, you know, uh, I think Fomal was saying, as long as I don't have to take care of them, we're, we're good to go. <laughs> so, um, no, that's great. So, <clears throat> cool, cool, good answers. Um, Omar, are you ready to move on to the next segment? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go. So, Panos, it's time for the gun show. It's the Dad's Night Gun Show. We aren't talking about those water pistols you call guns. Um, so, this is going to be a rapid-fire round of question and answer so i'll pass it over to omar all right panos you ready for this i i am not going to repeat any of the questions it's one and done all right let's go okay here we go 
At what age do you think your oldest son will be able to kick your ass? 15. Which way's heavier, a ton of feathers or a ton of steel? They're both the same. What's your dream car? Oh, it's a Ferrari. What was your worst soccer injury? Uh, shoulder separation, high school. At what age do you think your son will start sexting? Might be doing it now. No, uh, I'd say probably at this age, they're getting younger and younger. Let's go with 13. What's the one thing that pisses your wife off the most? I throw out shit too soon. Who wakes up first, you, the wife, or the kids? The kids. Favorite goalkeeper in the Premier League? In the Premier League? Oh, man. This is a good one. Uh, let's go with Allison from Liverpool. At what age did you first steal your dad's Porsche out of the garage? Oh, good one, good one. That's got to be first year back in boarding school, 16. Can we have 69 Canadian dollars? That's really like five American dollars, but sure. What's the first thing you reach for in the morning? <laughs> My phone. Chocolate milk or breast milk? Hot chocolate milk. Mykonos or Santorini? Depends on what you're going to go do, but Mykonos is always a good time. Is Drake overrated? No. How many kids would you like to have? Two. Cutting the grass or cutting your own hair? <laughs> My hair is easy, man. <laughs> Poutine or cheese fries? Neither. Ask for forgiveness or beg for permission? Ask for forgiveness. And do you want your next kid to be a boy or a girl? I'm not having another kid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and that's the gun show. Nice. Good answers. Good answers. <laughs> We're going to take a quick short break for a message from our sponsors. Thanks again for joining another episode of Time Out with Omar and Samer. We know you probably have your hands full at home these days between your kids whiling out on all your Zoom meetings and taking another long walk to the fridge. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, the easier the better. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free and there are creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now it's back to timeout. <laughs> we, we got a little we got a little controversial with the Drake question. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah, he, I mean, you saw Panos. He didn't know how to answer that one. He's <laughs> the six right now. He doesn't want any problems. Uh, <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, we we definitely have to. Uh, that's every episode we've done it. I've just been cracking up the whole time. It's just so funny. Just seeing everyone's reactions to the questions. We're like, yeah, that that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely. I think we're devolving with some of our questions too. They're just getting more and more ridiculous. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, so let's let's keep this thing going, Panos. Uh, you know, we've had some great insights from you so far. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about your your experience, um, you know, as a parent in Canada. We all, you know, hear quite a bit about 
um, the Canadian healthcare system as your neighbors to the, to yep. the south. You know, you know, we have, um, you know, our own issues going on uh, within the healthcare system here. Um, but having lived, you know, in the States uh, for many years and then um, shifted uh, to Canada once you had kids, uh, what's your experience been with the healthcare system in Canada when it comes to your kids? I mean, uh, for uh, a lot of people just don't know, you know, what it's like to, for something even as simple as, oh, my kid's got a flu, can I just take him in? Like, how yeah. does it work over there? And what's your experience been like? Yeah, I mean, it, to be honest with you, it's, it's amazing. Um, we've got an amazing pediatrician. She would, does house calls. She did video calls the other day. Like she's been fantastic. So how it works, I mean, we went, we had both boys, the same hospital, brand new facilities. Um, they're what a year and a half apart. So the hospital is brand new. The whole floor is brand new. As soon as they're born, you go in for a follow-up. They're kind of like in the next two or three days. And then you have appointments that follow with your pediatrician. And we've been able to make appointments, no problems, right? People always say, oh, there's a wait in Canada to get an appointment for certain things. We've never really had to wait. Um, the healthcare system, we just got to show our health card, our kid's health card, and it's all covered, right? There's no deductible, no premium, nothing like that. Um, my kid, five weeks ago, had an ear infection, and I put him in the car. We drove up to the kind of the walk-in clinic where the pediatrician was. We waited in the car until it was our turn. We were the only ones into the floor because of what's going on with COVID. She saw him, prescribed the medication. I went downstairs to the pharmacy, picked up the medication, didn't have to pay anything. I mean, I'm lucky enough that my work covers a lot of the benefits from a pharmaceutical perspective, but a lot of pharmaceuticals and drugs are covered naturally under the Canadian healthcare. So healthcare in Canada is done at the provincial level or the state level in the US. And it's just, it's a right. Everyone is given the right to healthcare. How does that compare to the U.S.? I think in the U.S., if you are well-to-do and have a certain level of disposable income, you can do very well in healthcare, right? You can go see the best doctors. You can go get any type of... But in Canada, it's, you know, one-tenth the population, 35 million versus 350. They're able to make sure that the playing field is much higher, I think, versus the U.S. So I would say that healthcare has been phenomenal. All the appointments, we go in for anything. Flu, runny nose, he's got stomachache. I think in the U.S., most times you kind of do a home remedy and keep the kid home. We, we go, you know, because we can. And so that's kind of how I see the differences. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and honestly, that's how it should be, right? So, like, when I'm not we, making any political comments on this Dad's Night podcast <laughs> anywhere else in the world. Keep it clean. All right. I respect that. We, we stay away from the politics. We try to stay away from that. So, <laughs> Uh, when you guys were ha like planning to have your kids, if they were planned, yeah, um, you know, not having to worry about healthcare, did that kind of say, okay, well, we know we'll be covered no matter what, and it reduces the pressure and the anxiety around some of that stuff? It, it never came into our head, to be honest with you, right? Like, it just, I mean, and I think a lot of times when you are trying, you're going to have some times where it doesn't work out, right? Then you're going to go through some situations where, the pregnancy does not take, like they say. So there are some of those instances that happen and because of the healthcare system, we never really thought about it. We're just like, okay, we're ready to have kids. Let's go have, try to have kids. Never came into our mind, to be honest with you. Mm. Very cool. And so um, in, in terms of like the coverage and things like that, so people that are having trouble um, having kids, are those type of procedures actually covered by the healthcare system? Um, 
So uh, there are, yeah, like you're talking IVF and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So there are a lot of that that's covered by a, um, the provincial system. Some of it's not like if you need very specific treatments or plans, right? Um, but a lot of work actually will cover some of those benefits, whether it's freezing of the eggs or whatever you need to do. They have plans in place. I wouldn't say it's probably a provincial healthcare to have that benefit, but I would also assume the costs are a lot less in Canada than the U.S. I mean, our dollar is a piece of crap, but other than that, I think it's just less anyway. Yeah, we definitely should ask for more Canadian dollars, huh? <laughs> oh my God, you could have asked for a million dollars. You've only gotten like a buck for coffee or something. <laughs> so, uh, so Panos, what about um, kind of along the same vein? What about uh, uh, maternity and paternity leave? Is that stuff done uh, in you know kind of by uh, employer, or are there national guidelines for things like that as well? Yeah, there's 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 what we call federal guidelines. So. I think my wife just missed, they extended it to a year and a half right after we had our second one. So basically a year and a half off you can take and you're guaranteed back into the same same job you have. You will get some financial benefits uh, dependent on, on how much money you make, but there are financial benefits or employment insurance you'll get for a portion of that time. I don't think for all year and a half. Typically most women in Canada take a year off uh, make sure the kids all good to go. What's shocking to me is when you read the stories in the U.S. that people take six weeks or you know eight weeks off, and the kids what two months old, and you got to put them in the daycare or you got to have a nanny. It just seems kind of ridiculous. So we've been lucky that um, my wife took a year off. I'm allowed to take a month, or I can take the year off my as well. We can just split it, or the year and a half. So there is a lot of flexibility in terms of parental leave when it comes to uh, raising a child. Wow, that's awesome. A year and a half. That's amazing. Year and a half, yeah. Yeah, and not, not to get too political, but it that should be, that's that's how it should be. I mean, you know, you talk about parents and mothers and fathers being there for their children as they grow up. You know, in our backgrounds, um, I'm not sure, I'm not Greek, but in the Middle Eastern culture, you know, historically, it's been the guy goes to work and the mom stays home or whatever, but yeah. The changing role of dads is the, the dads are supposed to be a part of that family. Start supposed to see the kids. Yeah, grow like up. if you want to live in a downtown city, you need two paychecks. So let's let's call it what it is. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. That that's so cool to hear. I mean, especially you know, a different country, different kind of expectations. We're Omar and I are sitting here like, what? A year and a half, and you're like, yeah, yeah. well, you know, it's not that big of a deal anymore so <laughs> that's that's really cool um and so kind of on the topic of family but a little bit on the other side of the family so i wanted to talk sure. about you and your brother's relationship um and so yeah <laughs> really how this all this whole circle kind of closes here so um i know omar is best friends with anthony and you're his older brother yeah. i think you guys are a couple years apart um, and so yep. having kids kind of close in, close in age, have you started seeing some similarities between your kids and uh, the things that you and your brother did growing up? I, I think, I mean, if I take a step back, I think, you know, me having kids brought also my brother and I closer too, right? I mean, I, I went to boarding school off and he went to boarding school in Canada. We've always been close, but I think having kids brought us closer first and foremost. I think when I look at the two boys and obviously my brother and I, 
it's similar relationship, right? Like my brother ended up being the one who got the height and the looks and I got the brains. So, I mean, maybe that's going to happen with my kids. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I think the, the relationship you have with a younger brother is special. And I see that with, with Orion and Xander and I see with my brother and I. So, I mean, for me, I'm just, it's awesome that we all get to experience it. I can't wait to bust his ass when he has kids because he busts my ass. He's like, hey, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. But like, I, I, I'm waiting, buddy, to when you have kids so I can do the same shit as well. So we'll get there. Yeah, that's right. And, and uh, didn't, first of all, uh, I don't know if Anthony got the looks. Let's, you know, the jury. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you're being a nice older brother that's very nice of you to say uh but um i i i saw that you know there's a there was a zoom uh birthday for was it xander or ryan's birthday recently oh ryan yeah yeah so we we had like the whole extended family we had london we had you know my parents in arizona over now candace's was my wife her parents like it's just super cool that we had technology I mean, typically you'd have all these buddies here and they'd be calling us in a mess in the backyard, but we had to do what we had to do. And if I think, if I just show you guys, I know you can't see this on the podcast, but if I turn off my video, I think we still have the happy birthday sign. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. At the house. I like it. Yeah. So, so that's great. Uh, you know, that, you know, as you know, Anthony, their uncle is able to keep in touch through all this. Uh, you mentioned. Oh, they know how to Facetime. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy, right? These little kids all over the. Hill. They're they're three and a half and five, and he pulls up the iPad and he knows how to answer Facetime. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, well, you you mentioned that you know you and Anthony kind of you left home at very young ages, although you're still both yeah. very close. Um, do you kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier? But do you think about that in you know? in regards to your son's relationship with each other, would you prefer them just based off of that to be maybe geographically closer together? Uh, in terms of family, I mean, I know your family visit, you you know, everybody visits each other pretty often. Um, yeah. But would you also maybe like to be closer to your kids when you're older? How do you see that? You know what, like, I don't think that matters, to be honest, because I see families who spend their whole time in Toronto or in Boston, and they all grow up there, and they're not close at all right? You have to put in effort, whether it's communicate. And now you have so many ways to communicate to see people that it doesn't really matter where you are. You just still have to be able to share and open up. And I think that's the most important aspect. Um, so my parents and I and my brother have all been super close. I want the same for my two kids, right? Like they're going to be lucky enough next year if there is school, I mean, fingers crossed, they'll be in the same junior kindergarten, senior kindergarten class. That'll be the only time in their life that they'll be in the same class at the same time. They're going to cause havoc for the teacher. But I mean, it's going to be super awesome to see. And if one kid wants to go off to the West Coast and one kid wants to go to New Zealand for school, like, so be it. I think we're still going to have, you know, the point of bringing the family together at least once or twice a year, similar to what my family does. And that's the most important part. Yeah, I, I can't wait for those uh, family reunions in Mykonos. I'll be there. I, I, you better be there. I mean, we'll be dropping some champagne somewhere. <laughs> that, that's so cool to hear because and you brought up a good point. I mean, uh, again, you have families that live right next to each other and don't talk. Um, so distance yeah. isn't the issue. It's actually trying and communicating. And maybe you could teach Omar a little something about communicating because he ignores my texts and calls all the time. So um <laughs> you know what that's good though we all text way too much. Like, to pick up is my to pick up that phone is awesome yeah 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Omar's a great friend. Um, no, that, that's so cool. And you, you talked about your family being in all different locations. Is there a time uh, where you guys all try to get together? Is it, you know, maybe football season or um, a birthday? Is there a time where you guys kind of all congregate in one location just to keep that family tradition going? Yeah, definitely. We've been trying to do like the holidays all together, right? So Christmas holidays, we were all last year in Arizona, which was fantastic. My brother flew in, we flew in with the kids. I mean, I think the big celebrations, but we try to do it on an annual, semi-annual basis. I know Toronto's a base because my parents have a house here too, and my brother can fly and it's quite easy from London. So we'll make Toronto one stop and then somewhere else, probably in the winter, somewhere warm. But, you know, get together in person, share those memories, open a couple of bottles of wine. And that's kind of what it is. That's cool. That's awesome, man. And that, that's so cool to hear. Um, all right. So we're going to move on to the last segment here. Um, and so this, this is really what we ask uh, every dad on the show. So it's three questions. This is not rapid fire, so you can take a deep breath. Yeah, take your- <laughs> <laughs> He sat up in his chair ready to go. <laughs> um, but we'll ask three questions. And the, the first one is, what is the best thing about fatherhood? Oh, wow, that's a good one. I think it's just being able to experience new things through the eyes of your kids. Like the first time they try ice cream or the first time they kick a soccer ball, you know, like all those cool things are just really memorable. Um, so that's awesome. Right. And, and just being able to be a kid yourself a little bit. I mean, we all try to be kids, right. It's at the same time, but having to go through that again, and it's just so cool. And like, you're like, Oh shit, I created that. Or I maybe played a role in that. I don't know how sober I was when that happened, but like, that's awesome. Like that's my little, like, so that's all cool stuff. It's, it's cool hearing uh, all the dads that we talk to really emphasize the little things. It's every, everybody I think that we've asked, uh, you know, their favorite part of fatherhood. It's always something really small, you know, when, when their kid's learning how to smile or just, oh, yeah. just the, these little things that you really wouldn't think about, uh, you know, from an outsider's perspective. But it's just cool to hear that. And uh, it's, it's great that, it, that being a father gives you that kind of like depth, you know, as well in looking at something as serious as raising a child, you know? For sure. No, that's a good answer. Um, cool. So the next question is, what is the hardest thing about fatherhood? It's realizing that you aren't number one anymore. <laughs> I think that, that's for sure, right? Like, I mean, you have a relationship with your wife and you're like, oh man, I'm the man, right? Like, I'm the husband, I'm the guy. But then these two little guys come in and you're like down the pole all the way. So I think the hardest thing is you've got to realize that that you aren't number one anymore. It's it's You're still the man of the house, but really you don't run shit. Um, so it's kind of, that's probably hard, but it's still fun at the same time. It's a lot of compromise for sure to even be successful as a dad and as a husband. Um, you've got to find that balance. And then you, you, you try to understand what's going through your kid's mind. And there's some things that you just won't get. Like, I, I don't know where you come from, why you're having this breakdown in the middle of the mall, why you're screaming at me because I poured the wrong type of fruit loops in the wrong colored bowl. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, those are probably the hardest moments. But at the same time, you look back and you're like, okay, yeah, so we blew up for about 30 minutes, but 30 minutes later, you're just having the time of your life. So you got to just be flexible. That's awesome. 
<laughs> That's really cool to hear. Uh, this, this is like one of our favorite parts of the show. So, um, yeah, it's, it is, it's always really interesting hearing the, uh, although sometimes some of the answers are along the same lines, everybody always puts it very different and everybody always uh, kind of has their own unique take on it regardless of the topic being the same uh and i think that's that's probably the coolest part about these last few questions yeah exactly you all we all experience things differently so that's kind of how it all is it's the same theme if you're a good person i hope you're talking to good people but it's all kind of the, the similar most of them theme. have been yeah i think so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool I don't, know, um, I don't know sam or maybe we should start doing background checks yeah maybe <laughs> maybe we should all right moving on to the last one um all right what's one piece of advice that you would give to other dads or soon-to-be dads or people that just want to be dads in the future one piece of advice uh i would say it's a couple things so First thing is learn to make your favorite cocktail, learn how to make it very well. <laughs> Meaning that when it's like 10.30 and you've had a tough day, don't go grabbing a beer. Get yourself a nice glass of scotch, make yourself a Manhattan, do a Negroni, make something that you're gonna enjoy. So that's step one. So we, you gotta make sure you can make a good cocktail and you can make it well. Then I would say focus I mean, don't try to expect, don't try to create expectations about how you should be a dad. Live in the moment, enjoy the process, enjoy the shit when it literally is the shit. Enjoy the good times um, and try to smile, like laugh it off. It, this is all such, especially with what's going on in the world today, I know it's going to be a little philosophical, but like this is, being a dad is awesome. It's going to be hard as hell. You're going to have challenges. But just enjoy the moment, live, laugh, love, make mistakes, learn from them, make more mistakes, and make yourself a good drink at the end of the day. Hell yeah. Yeah, great answer. That's cool. Uh, I, I always love hearing the advice uh, because I think those range, like those are all over the place. Um, oh, so, for sure. But I, I love that. I mean, ha like not just cracking open a beer, right? Taking the time for yourself and really creating that cocktail for you. So yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. That's, we might have to, we might have to get a, a dad's night cocktail recipe book going or something. Mm. Oh, you, you do very well. We'll have, we'll have Panos's Manhattan. That's the first drink in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make a good Negroni. So we'll do a Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so Panos, we're about an hour in. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this up here. Omar, did you want to say anything else before we did? Uh, just thank you so much for joining us. Uh, truly, truly inspiring, Panos, really. Uh, great conversation. Uh, I, I love you. We're, we're, you know, we've always <laughs> been, we've always been um, very close through your brother, uh, but it was Absolutely. really, really nice to get to know you on another level and to hear about your experiences as a dad. Uh, so thanks again for joining us, man. No, I, I appreciate it, guys. Awesome. Thanks for, like, the questions. Thanks for allowing me to kind of go back in time a couple of years and kind of figuring out what I'm figuring out. But awesome. That was awesome. Hell yeah. Well, again, Dana says, nice meeting you. Thanks for joining us. And you're officially out of timeout with Omar and Samer. And remember, it's not a guy's night. It's a dad's night. 
Thank you again for joining us on Dad's Night Presents Time Out with Omar and Samer. You can listen to our podcast on pretty much any streaming service. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Dad's Night. That's D-A-D-S-N-I-T-E. You can also check out more information at dadsnight.com. Please subscribe and rate us, and we look forward to bringing another episode soon.